Welcome to the Monday Night Bible Study Podcast, where we explore deep and we explore wide in chapters of the Bible. Bible study stenographer. It's a really good first day. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, dude, I, uh, I hear there's some, some stuff I need to, to ask about. I don't think it'll be all that funny the second time around. So it, it never is. So convenient. It never... Well, you also, yeah, you won't have, like, all of us laughing around the table, which helped, but... I know, I know. It's still a good story. It's the first day that only I could have. (laughs) (laughs) I just like... I'm I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to hear it. (laughs) Just like the part you came out and you're like, what's that smell? This is just coming out of the car. (laughs) Yep. I'm excited. What? Just a teaser for what you're going to share later. Yeah, and we didn't get here until 6.30, so, you know, it's good to... You didn't get here until 6.30? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was the late one. Oh, Brian was the late one today. But everyone ate, so... Did everybody, everybody ate? Awesome. Wasn't that stuff super good? I know. Amazing. We we were, in fact, on time. Wow. And that's because you bribed them. I was behind that. Right? It, it won't happen because you bribed the rest of the year. Now I know the trick. <laughs> <laughs> it's food. Oh, sweet. Okay. Well, Romans 14. Everyone's there. Romans 14. Oh, man. We're going to need more time than this. That's Romans right. 14. Yeah, that over. Do we do halfsies? Probably going to have to. Unless Because <laughs> probably shouldn't go until Yeah, nine. I can't do that. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's let's read fourteen through. Fifteen verse. <laughs> I don't like the Ravens. Three. No, could just do 16 through twenty-seven. Like our dog. <laughs> yep. Okay, so here's what we'll do. We'll do we'll fourteen one, and then we'll go to fifteen three. So we'll have to spill over into chapter fifteen a little bit, uh, because the the. So obviously the the chapter and verse numbers are not Holy Spirit inspired. Those are a man's invention. Sometimes they're helpful, oftentimes they're helpful, and sometimes they're not. And here's one of them. Because Paul's kind of same argument really goes through to kind of verse 3. So chapter 15 should have probably started like verse 3, but so it goes. Okay, so Romans. Uh, is anybody familiar with kind of... Uh, What's why this issue of 14 through 15 uh, and Jews and Greeks and Gentiles being so at each other's throats <clears throat> in the church? Anybody know or familiar with any, any, I was trying to remember, verdicts? Verdicts? I think that's the word. Verdicts that happened in Rome that affected this. Is anybody familiar with any of them? Was it that Christians to be killed? Uh, so that kind of came around like 70, so that was uh, 80, 70, so that was another, <laughs> again, typical Rome. <laughs> Scott, that's great. So around, I can't remember the exact year, 80, 52, 53, uh, Emperor Claudius, I believe, uh, issued a decree, yeah, it was around 80, 52, early 50s, so you have uh, Christianity taking off for, you got about 20 years, and you have Jews and uh, Gentiles getting saved, and forming churches all over the place, especially in a big city like Rome. You have a lot of Jews, a lot of Gentiles, 
um, but primarily uh, Jews. So Jews were kind of some of the first ones that were that were coming to Jesus and were forming some of these. So you had, uh, for the most part, pr- predominantly Jewish-led local churches that had also a lot of Gentiles that were part of it, but it was kind of Jewish vibe. Well, in like early AD 50s, Emperor Claudius issued a decree banishing all Jews from Rome. So imagine you're part of a church, you're a Gentile, and all of a sudden all of the Jews are no longer showing up to church. And that happens for about six or seven years. So it's quite a while. So a couple, many years this is happening. So as Gentiles, there's no Jews around, so you're going to start taking over the leadership. You're going to start changing the carpet colors. You're going to switch to, you know. <laughs> okay, you're changing the carpet colors. You're changing the service orders. You're changing, like, okay, you know, you're, you're, you're changing everything. And then when the emperor says Jews can come back, the Jews show up at church that uh, Sunday and realize, oh, holy crap, like, what <laughs> happened? Like, like, what's going on? They probably said that word. They probably, probably said that word. <laughs> Holy unleavened bread. <laughs> <laughs> Holy unleavened bread. <laughs> so all of a sudden you have Poor these, uh, where before a lot of people in the church were, you know, they were eating kosher. They were like probably following circumcision. Like they, it looked very Jewish. And now you have Jews who are showing up in church no longer feels Jewish. Now you like people are like walking around with a ham sandwich in their hands. You know, they're like. They're doing all this, they're like, okay, and everyone's like, what, like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, well, no, like, this is, this is fine, this is how we've been rolling for the past, like, six, seven years, and they're like, you can't do that, okay? So this caused a major, major upset and a lot of division in local churches. So uh, the church splits and church divisions, uh, they're not anything new, they, they started even just 20 years, (laughs) 20 years after Jesus uh, died and rose again. Uh, within 20 years, you already have churches fighting over carpet colors and whatever, but not as goofy as that. But I mean, you you grew up as a Jew, like you know, you gotta this is you gotta follow these Torah laws, and it's like, well, no, we don't have to. So that's the big argument, and that's really happening in Rome. So part of Paul writing this is he wants them to remember, he wants them to partner with him to send him off to Spain, um, but it's hard to support missions when you're when you're at each other's throats. So if Paul wants this church to be a sending church to propel him to the ends of the earth, then he's going to need them to be unified so that they can be unified in the message of the gospel. So with that in mind, let's uh, do two verses at a time, 14 through 15, 3. And uh, Gary, we'll start with you, because I'm assuming that's where we started for prayer requests. Mm-hmm. So, all right, two verses, 14 through 15, 3. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. 
For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. So do not let your, your good be revealed. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of food and drink, but of righteousness and peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned to be eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. <clears throat> One through three again are more hinge verses, but they are really crucial toward the end of that, so. Alrighty, so you can kind of see the, uh, the, the division the judgment, the arguing that he's addressing, and that's the historical background of kind of what's going on with the, the Jews and the Gentiles. Hold the week. All right, well, let's take... Uh, let's just do 1 through 12, so we'll kind of take that whole chunk. No. Lay down. Or actually, no, let's take more bite-sized pieces. Let's do one through four. There we go. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So, thoughts, questions, comments, contemplations, confusions, clarifications, considerations? Let's define some terms here. What does it mean to be weak in faith? Mm. Coming out swinging, Casey. <laughs> okay. Except anyone who is weak in faith. Wow. <laughs> like, what 
that even, what does it look like? I mean, it's not, that doesn't mean like they don't have enough faith, right? I've always meant that, or thought that meant like something that they think like an issue of conscience that their conscience is like really wrong on, that it's, it's totally fine to do something, but they just feel like it's wrong. That's what I'm thinking of when I think of a person who's weak in faith. But I wonder if it's bigger, deeper, broader, wider than that. Yeah, thoughts on that? I think that and that that seems to fit with verse two. Like Paul seems, it seems like Paul explains the the what he means by those. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm confused about verse two though. With like the weak person. Kind of just yeah. yeah, two seems most like a specific example, but maybe contextually uh, does it. Feel it is much. It sticks out to me, like looking at it again, how it says that one person believes he may eat anything, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't yeah. add that same um, verb. It just says the other person eats only vegetables. So it seems to like be tying the fact that the person is eating anything because that's what he believes. So. Yeah, that's that's his faith. Because again, faith and belief, same word. So. Yeah. So would both not be beliefs? Right, that's why I thought it was interesting that it didn't say one believes he can't eat vegetables, it just says one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't mean that Paul leaves out faith, but I wonder if we're meant to upload verse 1. Right, sure. Who is weak in faith. And then this is the definition of weak in faith. To me, that was just kind of a confusing one because I feel like it makes it yeah. sound like eating only vegetables is like the more strict one, maybe stronger in faith. Yeah, the, because it's like a more yeah, limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm having with Garrett. Like the application is super specific, but I've heard chapter fourteen applied to a lot of other things too. <laughs> so then, like, can weak faith be present on either end of a spectrum? That was going to be my question, too. It's like, how do you determine who's weak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because how would... What does weak mean? Weak. Yeah, like, if weak is attached to faith, then we're saying that it's... that it's not a... 
I say it's not that it's not a genuine faith, but it's not a, there's something attached to faith that shouldn't be. Can we say that? No. Say that again. <laughs> um, well, like weak in faith, like how we how do we define the word weak? I guess, and then if if weak is attached to faith, then there's something attached to faith that shouldn't be by definition, right? Oh, if you have, if you have like a okay, yeah. if you're if you're weak in something, if you have a weak I don't know. Can't think of a good example offhand. But it, it, it's not the ideal. But it's yeah, it's like deficient in some way, right? It's yeah. not saying that it doesn't exist, but it's mm -hmm. it's yeah, deficient. In some way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I think that works. I mean, I don't know if that really clears up, especially verse two, but um, well, maybe we can ask this: Why does the weak person think they can only eat vegetables? So does that tie into the fact they're deficient, like they didn't, like they don't understand, like, um, the more complete picture, like that God was mm -hmm. talking to Peter about how, yeah, like that was actually okay, mm -hmm. and some, so maybe it's just because they are limited in their understanding. Mm -hmm. Could this be one of those old covenant, new covenant, maybe not, I mean, it's not directly one-to-one -one with that, but kind of that similar vein of what was once the norm is no longer. Mm -hmm. Paul's clearly using, he's, he's explicitly referencing Torah laws, so mosaic laws. So, okay, I, I can't eat pork. Like, that's, that's Torah mosaic law. So therefore, just vegetables is what we eat because that's what the mosaic law laid down for us. Is this also... The meat offered, like, is this also alluding to the No, food? that's First Corinthians 8. Okay. I didn't know yep. if this was, like, both, both sides of that coin or not, but... They're related, but okay. distinct in... Okay. Yeah, there's there's a little bit... Yeah, there's kind of some other playing fields happening in First Corinthians 8, but... So is there a context that we can upload to this passage mm -hmm. that helps identify why this strong person mm -hmm. um, believes that they can eat anything? Yep, uh, Mosaic Law. I think that's what we need to upload. Yeah. Yep, this is th these are religious issues that Paul's dealing with. So I think Mosaic Law is what we need to upload. Leviticus, Numbers. And that kind of helps us determine mm -hmm. which sides, like the weak side, or whatever. Yep. So would that like maybe like does that maybe partly why it's like referred to as weak in the faith? Because like I guess when I think of mosaic law, I think of the trying to um, like having more emphasis in what you do. Um, even though I mean you've always been there's always been that salvation by faith, but like mm -hmm. mosaic law is kind of like more of that checklist versus like you know we are freed from the law of sin and now we mm -hmm. live by the spirit and so yep. there's that freedom in our faith and so we're stronger in our faith and that Christ's finished work on the cross has cleansed us from all of our sin mm -hmm. instead of the weaker faith we're still kind of clinging to some of the mm -hmm. that idea of what yep. you do even though you know you're saved but mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, yep, I, totally. And even your example, I, I think what you brought up of Peter, of like, him being like, no, like, God, like, I'm not going to eat that. And God's actually like, well, actually, you're wrong. Like, let me let me fill you in a little bit more. Like, like Phil, you, you can't eat, like, this is clean. So there's a, there's more, there's a bigger, there's a whole new playing field to enjoy now. Yeah, I, I think that's helpful because, yeah. as well, because when we think of like faith, we think of like just how I feel, kind of thing. You know, like you know, faith and belief is such like a feely kind of type thing. But that's not how the Bible talks about faith and belief. It's faith or belief that's based on truth. So weak faith is your faith is weak, and it's interconnected with what you know. Yes, it makes the scripture, you know, adding to your faith, virtue, knowledge, all these other yep. attributes. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Good. That, that's a good. I'm glad you brought that up, Casey. I think that was helpful. Yeah, add to your faith. Second Peter one. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge. And what was the concluding thought with that? Um. That like how I'm looking at, you know, weak faith is like lack of knowledge, and then in Second Peter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My brain immediately went contrast to that and was like adding to your faith, like negative. Oh, like adding works or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Or whatever to like then make you end up as weak Mm -hmm. in your faith. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Could it be both? Or maybe the lack of knowledge results in that? A lack of knowledge results in weak faith? lack of knowledge results in you adding to your faith because you don't think that it's sufficient because you don't know what the faith really is. Oh. Ooh. I, yeah, I think you can yeah. both. You can have an absence yeah. of or mm-hmm. a presence of something that shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> that seems pretty evident. Hmm. Matthew says, calls them the sincere but underdeveloped thoughts that govern a weak believer's kind of what did you just say, Jen? Uh, I just, MacArthur's note on the verse just calls them the sincere but underdeveloped thoughts. Oh, underdeveloped. I like that. But I, I like that he throws sincere in there, too. Because it's right. not, mm-hmm. like he says later, like um, in verse, what, 14, like it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. Like, right. Like it's not like their thoughts are invalid. Right. Yeah, there's the value to it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just weaker <clears throat> and what they hold to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get there later. I, I was maybe just something to ponder. So then what, um, outside of the Mosaic Law context, like maybe modern day context, uh, is the differentiator between the weak faith and the faith that is not? Like what is the determining Factor of who's in what, mm-hmm. what camp? Just no one thinks word. that they're the right. right. Yes, yeah. so in any conflict, yeah, where mm-hmm. the weaker yep. brother is mm-hmm. talked about. And some no. of this is hard because the the issue here is clearly like mosaic law, like clear religious laws that are now fulfilled and therefore mm-hmm. 
ended and completed in Jesus. So not that there's not things that we can draw out from that, but I think we have to use a little bit more creative wisdom than simply like, oh, like those who think that like they can't wear red <laughs> is like that's a weak faith, and those who can wear red, like it's it's not necessarily as because but, there's no like biblical mandate against like wearing red or whatever. So is it a little bit less a matter of conscience? Like, well, that's still not like that's not gone, but like, is it is it slightly less a an element of personal conscience here than it would be in like First Corinthians, where it's like like I'm I'm struggling to like let go of my past and I feel mm -hmm. like this is still wrong, but it's not. Whereas this is like in Christ, the law is fulfilled, and this isn't necessary anymore. Sure. But reaching that point where mm -hmm. you actually let go of that is, I don't know, is yep. it less I, I, Yeah, I think later on we'll see that, because Paul will talk about your conscience and being fully convinced in your own mind. Right. And in those places, I think it's a little bit easier for us. So maybe more it's the matter of like, okay, so right, this passage is like eating meat or not eating meat. I, yeah. I think it's going to be hard for us to say like, Eating meat is like wearing a red shirt, and not eating meat is like not wearing a red shirt. So to maybe try to fill in like what is our modern day meat might be hard, but I think we can come to being fully convinced in your own mind and someone else being fully convinced in their mind of something else. Yeah. So, that we can now start to talk about alcohol, music, entertainment like that's so, where I think that so is gonna fall in conceptually it's still being carried forward yeah it's not the particulars yep. yes like we'll still get there but for someone to say like for us meat today is like you know uh, playing cards and so therefore so to like to draw that one line from like meat to playing cards is like oh, eh, it, it so, we're not, yeah. so we're not saying that this is a passage written to the Jews and Gentiles that is like closed and complete and not yes. applicable at all to today. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm just saying for someone to be as clear as like, all right, like let's make a list of, you know, Paul says those who eat meat. Well, for us, like those who play cards, those who, yeah. you know, listen to certain types of music or who drink alcohol or like, you know, whatever. I mean, like you like anything that people kind of debate about. Yeah. And then... Like, those conversations need to come from, like, other verses, not just so, being like, you know, what's your meat? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you take a particular modern-day debated issue, and it's not as clear-cut as to who's the weaker or who's the, the strong or whatever, do, do the roles not necessarily matter? It's more of the friction between the two believers and how both parties handle that? Isn't that what this is? Well, as I say, I think verse 3 basically puts him on the same playing field either way. Yeah. It yep. says, like, hey, if you're in this group, you don't, you know, don't despise the other. And if you're in this group, you know, don't judge. So mm -hmm. kind of still, no matter what side, I guess, you're on, it's, mm -hmm. you're still in the same body. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's good. Because I think a lot of people, that's the hang-up is being so convinced that, you know, Okay, but just so you know, I'm doing this because you're the weaker vessel. Yeah. <laughs> For real, though. Like, yes. I mean, I do that's, that. That's right? yep. valid, though. Like, like, I hate wearing skirts. Like, and I, 
but I do it because I feel like they're weaker, you know, like, and at the end of the day, like, that's not what this is about. Like, it's, I'm not passing judgment and I'm loving my brothers and sisters. Like, right? Like, at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that does, and even like the weakened faith, because since Paul connects it to a law that is that, that does not have basis, like, okay, because the weakened faith says, like, it is wrong for me to, like, eat this meat where that God has given his is okay for so I think we can also still say that someone who is weak in faith feels guilty or thinks something is a sin that is not clearly prescribed in scripture so like so with that then I think it is okay to say that someone who who I mean takes skirts whatever if they're like it is a sin to where you know for a woman to wear pants to church like that is sinful in the eyes of god like i think that person like you cannot show that from scripture so therefore i think you have a, a what it under underdeveloped sincere but underdeveloped sincere thoughts. but underdeveloped belief on that this is just thinking about like the relativity of all of this i think because mm-hmm. like we could all argue or in, mm-hmm. like in different strengths in our faith and like this I feel like this applies to everybody mm-hmm. you know like yep it's just it's just it's just in different ways it's yep exactly it depends who the other person is yep mm-hmm. um and, in the context and well, of this yeah exactly and one other thing that's helpful in all this too is because there is a there is a right side because Paul says in verse 20, uh, where is it, 20, 20, uh, verse 20, everything is clean. Like, Paul, Paul lays his flag. He's like, listen, I'm on, like, theologically, I'm on the side of the strong, because everything is clean. Like, that is, that's true. However, some people have not grown to reach that yet. So therefore, even though I know this is true, okay, I'm, I'm loving my, I'm loving my neighbor in this. So then, could you, could your faith become stronger, and yet still conclude, like, could you, could you come to a point as a, as a Jewish believer mm-hmm. that. Listen, I know I, I can eat pork now, but for me, it, and like, I understand that like, my friend that I go to church with can too, and I don't have a problem with them bringing a pork sandwich over for dinner, mm-hmm. but like, for me, I'm still going to conclude that this is how I'm choosing to like, live my life for the glory of God, and I know that it's not necessary, but it's mm-hmm. what I'm but I don't feel my conscience pricked about. Like, can you can you reach strength without changing practice? Oh, that's that's really well phrased. Can you reach strength without changing practice? And I think you can, because I think Paul did. Like, Paul was a Jew, and when he got saved, I mean, he had to rework everything. And so he, you know, he hung out at the the, the temple feast eating the meat, and he. Like, he, he did all that kind of stuff, and sometimes he observed Sabbath, sometimes he didn't. Like, 
he was able to kind of do whatever he wanted without feeling guilty. And I think that's what he's kind of pointing to here is that the wheat, it's not just because they only eat vegetables, like it's because they believe that they can't eat anything besides that and that you're not honoring the Lord. Like mm-hmm. um, like verse 6, like, like you're not honoring the Lord if you don't abstain. So... Um, yeah. So, yeah, so if I, but if I choose to just eat vegetables because it's my preference mm-hmm. and what my conscience tells me to do, but I'm not looking down on you for not eating vegetables, right. then, like, as long as we are rightly understanding the gospel mm-hmm. and interacting with believers well, like, it doesn't mean that like things have to completely become unilateral. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Which it would be really easy to internalize and maybe even treat your fellow believer in the right way, but internally you're vaunting yourself up in pride and yep. mm-hmm. because I am living in this way. Because I have the freedom to do it and I use it, so therefore rather than someone who realizes they have the freedom to do it and doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost seems like like the whole like weaker and stronger thing is like for the weaker person, they think doing it is a sin, but for the stronger person, abstaining from it isn't a sin to them. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, something that they concede to yep. do. So that's kind of where like it ties mm-hmm. in with the conscience. You're like, for the weaker person to actually do it, if they thought it was wrong, that would be a sin because it goes against their conscience. Yes. But for the yep. strong, per, stronger person to abstain from doing it isn't a sin because their conscience isn't saying, like, oh, it's a sin for me not to eat meat. It's just that they are okay just, with just what I'm doing. Yep, exactly. So that kind of be a way that we could carry it forth into yes. today, too, yes. in those mm-hmm. areas where it's like, okay, I don't believe it's a sin for me to do it, but for me not to do it, to abstain from it, isn't a mm-hmm. sin either. Yes. Versus for somebody else, for them, mm-hmm. it would be a yep. sin against their conscience to do it. And exactly. Is that the whole stumbling block idea too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where I think we can really start to apply it. So we can, where now you're getting out of the like, okay, meat and like moral law stuff to Paul wants to talk about what's going on inside someone's conscience and their heart. And now you're talking about kind of their perception of what sin is. And now we can start to really... So there's a really helpful story that I heard one um, one guy that was a really, really great... Uh, actually, Dr. Brian Trainer. So so he told a story of... Um, he was the dean of students at uh, Maranatha, so, so pretty conservative you know, kind of thing. And, and in the student lounge, they in the guy's dorm lounge area, um, they decided to get a pool table. And like, they were super pumped about it. It would be great. The guys will love playing pool. And so they had it for a little bit. And, and then he said one day... Um, a, a dad came in and like sat down and was like, "Hey, like you know, I want to want to talk to you." And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And so this dad starts talking. And he's like, "You know, I you know like when I was growing up, whatever." And he goes on this whole story of like, you know, I would go to the whatever pubs and I would play pool and like I would just partake of like all. I'd get plastered and I'd like sleep around and it was just like and like pool and I'd gamble away all just like I was irresponsible. I was reckless. Like and it all centered around pool and so you know this whole this whole story and. 
and Dr. Trainer's like, oh no, like he's just gonna start like, you know, like laying into me, whatever. So expecting this like, you know, so you, therefore you need to like get rid of this pool, this sinful, evil, wicked pool table, you know, this this tool of the devil, whatever. And and so this guy's talking about it, and then he says in his so then he tells the whole story. He's like, so he's like, you know what, for me, like, he's like, I just he's like, I I just have chosen not to be around pool, it just brings back memories, you know, whatever. He's like, but and then he and then he ended, he goes, you know what, but I know that a pool table is a pool table and there is mm. nothing wrong with enjoying it. Mm. And hey, could you teach my son how to play pool? <laughs> wow, so like, like that's a story. And like that, like yeah. saying, you know what, I I can't do pool, but you know what? Could you teach my son? Because that's a, like that is mm. you can you can enjoy that and that is mm. okay. But you know what, hey, I'm just I'm just not gonna do it. Like that's a good example of someone who's like no, I no, like I'm gonna choose not to, and I have some history with it that makes me uncomfortable. But you know, if someone else can do that with a, and there's no like baggage that comes with that, like, you know, like like great. But you know what? For me, like I can't enjoy that, but I know that you can, and like, you know, like to the glory of God, like play pool. So I think it's kind of just a helpful like real life story of yeah, what an impressive like place for him to be at spiritually. Though. Yes. Yep, exactly. And that's someone who's strong in faith to realize like, him. So, again, you take that. If he were, he would be weak in faith if he mm-hmm. said, every person who touches a pool stick is sinning. But because he's strong in faith, he realizes, like, you know what? I'm going to choose not to just for my own personal reasons. But anybody else can. And I hope they enjoy it. And time and time again, people refuse to identify something as a neutral thing. And yes. worse yet, are willing to sacrifice relationships mm-hmm. for that thing. Yep, yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so that's re- and and that guy even realized he's like, I know that like I am like that's a weakness I for me. It. Like yeah. that's that's me, and he acknowledges that rather than forcing everybody else to bend to to bend to him. So, and that's where I think that when Paul's saying, "Don't judge the person that partakes," mm-hmm. so he, I mean that story just lives out of saying like. I hope you enjoy that and like going from there. So I feel like this issue from my super small experience of church ministry, like seems to be one of the major issues of unity. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I don't know if I can think of another issue that's more prevalent than like pride in preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, prideful conscience issues. Even in, super. Yeah. Even when it comes to politics, is mm-hmm. you might you might think you're avoiding conflict or, or like loving somebody else who thinks differently than you by by just you know okay that's their right and everything, but then like you still stand so firm in your convictions that you have almost as a negative attitude mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like where their mind's at, although like you love them and you say hey like that's your right. This is America and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. but it's like on the inside. How do you really feel about it? And where, yep. like, have you really made peace with this? Yeah, and that's verse three. Like looking down. Like we, I mean, we still talk like that. Like you're looking down on me, and yeah. and it, it takes a lot of maturity to acknowledge. Like, like no, like you, like you know. I hope, like, in your heart to be like, man. I hope that one day they can realize, like, they don't have to. Like, there's some freedoms and things that you can enjoy, but I'm also not looking down. Like, you can hold both of those. Yeah. Do we, have, 
think that's where I struggle often, mm -hmm. where I'm tempted to, like, like I understand that I have freedom in Christ, but then I, you know, look at, down on people because they don't mm -hmm. understand that. And that, at, at that point, I'm the weaker brother. Like, I think we all do. Yeah. yeah. In our own ways. Yep. I feel like I do that even if, even if it's not in response to that stricter sister saying something to me, mm -hmm. I might not even know what her opinion of my actions are, but I just see what she chooses to do or not, like, or usually not do, and make these broad brush assumptions about yeah. her weak faith, and that's not necessarily accurate, and it's definitely not helpful for me to do. So, yeah. yeah. I really struggled with that in my early years as a Christian, um, like in, in terms of music. Like I, like, I remember, like, I, like, at that point with Christ, you know, we still use CDs, which our teens don't even know what they are anymore. But um, I remember, like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I remember, like, throwing away all my CDs, like, after I was given, like, a little book um, from someone like <laughs> I you know exactly what I'm talking about and it was it was a Swedish sentiment like yeah but yeah I, I literally had a burn party for for a lot of my stuff which some of it needed to happen but um but then I swung so far the other way where I'm like you can only listen to Christian music like if you're a believer like it is and you know and again like there is a balance there like I don't want like I would be really appalled if I heard my husband listening to something super inappropriate like but like I think even even up to the point like when I met Aaron like like he listened to things that weren't Christian and I was like what, what kind of heathen is this and a Patriots fan too yes, I know. I know. and now I'm wearing it um oh you are wearing it yeah, because it was cold and it was But hot. it's flipped upside down. It is. That was intentional. I feel like God really had to grow me in that. And I feel like he's still growing me in that. Like, I'm still so tempted to, like, kind of tense up when I hear, like, you know, a team playing country song or, like, something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, And that's the hard thing is, like, you may not say something. You may not even treat them differently one on one, but to have that begrudging spirit with within yeah. toward that person yep. is it's just toxic. as wrong. Yeah. yeah. Or you turn it and you're like, all right, I'm gonna try and solve that and I'm gonna try and convert them over my side because mm, you know yes. I'm right. Yep. I'm totally right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, it's, yeah, it's, through it's passive all... aggressive comments mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But which which is where the maturity comes in to say like like we feel that feeling and then we have to preach to ourselves of saying they have the freedom like i can't point to a chapter and verse that says that that's wrong so therefore like they have the freedom in christ to do that and i'm thankful that they can enjoy that and genuinely have joy in the lord in that i think the difference for for me and i think anyone who would claim to be a who who is a weaker brother <clears throat> but wouldn't claim it would would say though like i had biblical principles for why mm -hmm. i thought no one should listen to music other than, than Christian music. Like, mm -hmm. we have brothers and sisters in our church who would say they have biblical principles for why they think you should only be wearing a skirt on Sundays. Like, like there are biblical principles for all of those. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it gets messy for me, like, trying to understand, like, 
like, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, like, we have to live in unity and understand that there are biblical principles for both sides, and it's okay to think that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay for someone to think that this is a, like, that I'm following the Lord by wearing a skirt, or I'm following the Lord by listening to Christian music, or whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like. Yep. Like, it's not like it's, it's not like they're choosing to do something that's outside of scripture. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not the mindset. Yep. So this might be later in the passage, uh, but is it just universal? Is it is the approach just universally applicable that you always set aside your personal liberty if, by exercising that liberty, um, you know that it is going to be offending another brother or sister in Christ based on where they're at? Like, is that awareness what dictates you then to set aside that liberty? And then is there hypocrisy, for lack of a better word, in saying, when when my friend comes over, I won't make pork chops for dinner, but when they're not over, I'll make bacon for breakfast. You know, like, like is there is, is there merit or, like, additional room for harm in saying like my deferring to you will just be when you're around or to say like I will give up this liberty completely for you yeah I don't know and I I feel like my other question is like so I feel like there's almost like two levels of that like one is I'm having this person over for dinner and this is how I give up my liberty or not give up my liberty and then the other is this is how we organize a church. Right, yeah, we're having church potluck and whatever service. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, if one girl, like, thinks that every girl should wear a skirt, wouldn't every girl in the church need to wear a skirt in order to mm-hmm. not... Right. For her to feel... Right, how yeah. far do exactly. you go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as the second part of Jen's question, I think Paul answers that pretty clearly in verse 22, which is, like, way jumping ahead, and it will come right back, but whatever you believe about these things... Keep it between yourself and God. <laughs> so, so I, I don't think Paul would think you're being hypocritical if it's like, what I do when I'm by myself, like, like rock on, like praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Again, like <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget you at DJ's camp. I said something. Yeah, Christian, rock on. <laughs> I said exactly that. I was like directly to my hiring manager. He's like, yeah, I'd prefer if you not say that. <laughs> you said rock on. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. And he's like, yeah, we don't do that around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. And like, yeah. yeah, I was like, all right, well, I'll come up with another word. Yeah, and like, and obviously, we like, yeah, we into that, yeah. we into that, and like, obviously, 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 like, sin is always out of bounds. Like, yeah. that's not what we're talking about. But, but I think Paul said, like, you know, you or you and your family or like you and your friends that are with that, like, like, yeah, I mean, like, dive in, like, keep it between yourself and God and enjoy that. And so, is awareness the driving factor though? So, like, if I come over here and I know, like. Oh, Aaron doesn't like this, so I, therefore I won't do that. And then, like later in the day, I'm going over to Scott's house. And I know Scott doesn't like that, so therefore I can do this. Is that awareness the driving factor? Where no matter what situation you're in, if you're interacting with somebody and you know that your freedom being expressed is an offense to them, that you're supposed to set that aside every time. Yeah, that's a good question. Any thoughts? 
I mean, I think of like, I forget where it is, but where Paul says, you know, I've become all things to all men, mm-hmm. then I might win all of Christ. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, and I feel like it kind of goes, like, he kind of focuses on that a lot in this chapter, like, how it kind of comes back to, like, a heart issue. And, like, and, like, the heart of it is that, you know, whatever we're doing, we're doing it to honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, sometimes, I don't know, it's, like, so easy to get caught up in, like, a list of rules or, like, do's and don'ts and all these mm-hmm. things, but, like, just bringing it back to that heart of, I want to honor God in this, and so, therefore, you know, I'm going to do this here, and I'm going to do that here, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm seeking to honor God in what I do, and I feel like that's where, like, it can just kind of get lost in the mix of things where mm-hmm. you just get so caught up on, like, this list of do's or don'ts or, like, whatever your biblical principle is and this and this, mm-hmm. and you get so, like, nitpicky on, like, this little thing mm-hmm. instead of, okay, hold on, like, let's take a step back, and are we seeking to honor God in what we do, and and in the way we're interacting and and things like that and I feel like that that helps at least kind of somewhat to just take that stuff back Mm -hmm. and okay the heart Mm -hmm. the heart of it is to honor God in what we're doing Mm -hmm. and and what and how we're interacting and not because that's the freedom we have in Christ right that we don't Mm -hmm. we don't have this checklist like this is how you become a perfect Christian is you do all these things it was like Mm -hmm. no we're just like seeking to honor God so you bring Mm -hmm. him praise to bring him glory in how we live our lives and yeah. that's the awesome thing about being in Christ. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think the other big thing too is to what do we what does it mean to to be a stumbling block? Mm-hmm. Because I think we've taken that and made mm-hmm. that anything that you just don't like or are mm-hmm. uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Right. Because stumbling block is like you are causing that person to commit sin. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where we've kind of taken stumbling block and just like oh you know I, I don't like again so take the skirt thing like hmm. you know two two ladies walk into church one's wearing a skirt one's not and it's like oh man I can't believe she's wearing sin like she's being so sinful like you're not causing her to think oh like maybe I should go put on you know a pair of pants but but that'd be sinful but I think I think I'll do it anyways because that person is doing it okay I'm just gonna put on a pair of pants and so they go change and they put on a pair of pants and the whole worship service they're just like God uh, forgive me for wearing pants God I can't believe I did this and you know I, I saw Jenny and and I like you know like now what you actually caused her to sin not just be like oh I can't believe well, I think even in the case of the guy with pool right yep. like like it's it would be not just sin for him to do it but also like even if he tried to play pool like he would be sinning because he would be thinking back like Mm -hmm. to all of this these previous things like like that's Mm -hmm. a terrible moment to have so so like i am not i'm going to make sure that i do not offer to play the pool in my basement with that guy yep because that's actually going to make him sin Mm -hmm. but there's a so i think basically it's a stumbling block is not just i'm making you despise me Mm-hmm. And I think that's how it usually is. It's like, so you walk in, you're not wearing a skirt, and the lady's like, oh, man, I can't believe that they're so mm-hmm. sinful and they're so evil. You're not making them sin or stumble. You're just, you're not making them despise you. They're, they're choosing. Yeah, so is that mm-hmm. distinction True. between the offense, or offense versus causing to sin? Mm-hmm. Even, like, when the Bible talks about offense, it means, like, we use it differently, which is just un- <laughs> unhelpful. Yeah, so in America, we talk about offense of like, I don't like what you do. Yeah. The Bible talk about offense is literally like, I have crossed a line. I've yes. crossed a line. Scratch that word. Annoyed or yes. disturbed. Sure. I think that's more. Yep. Unsettled. That's better. Yep. Yeah. Uncomfortable even. Yeah. Versus. Yep. Versus a stumbling block. Causation. And yes. Taking it into sin. 
Mm -hmm. Like if you read Harry Potter, I'm not actually tempted to practice witchcraft. Yes. Yep. You just don't maybe don't oh, like it. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Because like with the with the meat thing, it'd be like okay. Well, if we're having all of this like meat here, and that's all that we're serving, well now yes. that's more yes. of a stumbling block. To because you. I actually think that's sinful. Right, and that's kind of your only option right now. Yep. Um. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the yes. main thing he was talking about, or even like with like the whole Sabbath thing. Like if you organize a church outing on the Sabbath, <laughs> the softball game, maybe. <laughs> 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 Um, but like you know, yep. the Jews, they think it's like actual, like you know, like mm -hmm. it only takes so many steps or whatever. Yep. Like that would kind of be more, like a little bit more, like you're kind of forcing their hand to yep. do something that they don't think is right. Yep. Yeah. Either come to the church activity or do something that you are really convinced is sinful, and you're forcing them, and it's like, oh well, no, what do I do? No, I like, I have to sin in order. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which then ties into the question of like, so if one person in your church thinks that wearing pants is sinful for ladies, does that mean now every lady? Well, no, now it's a matter of you don't judge that group and you don't judge that group. Like, mm -hmm. like pastorally, like that's how it needs, that's how it needs to be handled of. of Not you. making a standard, but just saying yeah. stop judging each other. Because that's yeah. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what Paul said. But my weird question is is I, I, get, I know what Paul's saying and I think the, the ultimate like lesson here is just to like love one another um, yeah that's verse 13 <laughs> yeah, yeah but, exactly yep. but do you think like these divisions are also like a way that God grows us closer to him in some way like us now we're all really reflecting like we're all deep in thought about this topic and like where do I stand and like where am I doing it for the right reason Stuff and, um, the divisions themselves, or the way that we're yeah, like to the the difference in the difference in like feelings towards, um, I guess a hot button issue, like. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of where like, or are you gonna say something? I was just gonna say, uh, like the diversity in in our thoughts on. Mm -hmm. Oh okay. Not necessarily the disunity, but the difference—just the difference in preference. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just going to refer to like verse eight, where it just says, "If we live, we live for the Lord." So I feel like even though you might have differences, if you are doing it, I guess probably for the doing it for the Lord, mm -hmm. it would be as a good. Mm -hmm. So if you're wearing a skirt because you think it is for the Lord, yeah. And if you're not passing the judgment, I would see that as a good. And again, that goes for the other way. The other so, side too. so do you think God would rather us all be on the same page with one another? I don't think and so. And follow yeah, like what, no. what he wants, <laughs> yeah. and we're all on the same page because about that? Or would, we, would he rather have, have us have this diversity in, in, in these <laughs> thoughts yeah. just so we can love one another mm -hmm. for our differences? I think about eternity, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you're gonna have some people who are playing drums and some people who don't like drums, right? Like mm -hmm. you're gonna have Africans who are dancing in worship and then us who don't even like. <laughs> 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 and I just hope that comes with a glorified body. <laughs> What'd you say? 
I mean, the, the glorified body is going to need some, like, bit. skill. But, <laughs> but, but I think that's what's so beautiful about the kingdom of God is that like, he has made us so different. And, and I think when a church reflects that diversity, not just in in image, but also in belief and in practice, like, I think that's when we truly reflect eternity. And I think, to your point, then, we grow as a church because yeah. we see more of what God has made rather than... And we we direct that praise to God rather than directing our praise on ourselves because we all look the same and we're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the union in Christ on display is so much more impactful and potent when it's yes. among so many diverse opinions yeah, that totally. Christ can hold all those different opinions together. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's perfect. And I was, I was going to bring that up too. Like that, that's the, like church is, a local church isn't just a club that, you know, like you have an Alta Frisbee group, and then you have like this type of group. Only Alta Frisbee group. in heaven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds great. Right. Yeah. Maybe so many. So, but that's always been the beauty of rich and poor, and educated and uneducated, and men and women, and old and middle aged and children. For love. There's exactly yeah. like, and and love is what bonds us together, and the, mm-hmm. the love of Jesus, which is what bonds us to Him in union with Christ, and that that shows that like what we're centered on is not our preferences and opinions, but we're centered on, on Jesus. And when yeah, that, that's super good. When that disunity or that lack of unity in Christ is either forgotten or mm-hmm. not properly, the not in the right focus or right priority, that's when you have church splits over mm-hmm. really rather insignificant issues that become significant. Through them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unfortunately. And maybe the church doesn't split, but it becomes a very uh, unhealthy atmosphere mm-hmm. for a very long time and doesn't grow a yeah. lot or yep. represent exactly. very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you think that every every single one of us is in both camps at once? Ooh. Meaning, like, so let's say for me, yeah. let's say I think that, for, for example, um, maybe it's not a need, but, like, um, fasting is a, a good and some other people think it, you know that's not needed and then for other things some people think something is needed that I don't you know practice so do you think that everybody both and kind of thing is in both the camps maybe not maybe not so much with the judgment portion but oh like kind of weaker or stronger yeah and everybody I mean it's just a you know mm-hmm. thought process I'm not not yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Committed to. Yeah. Okay, so meaning like, let's say we took a list of like 20-ish, 20 things. Well, yeah, like every little thing, like, I mean, as... Yeah, and then, so, yeah. okay, so you, like, what you're like, saying even is... Even down to your lucky socks that you wear in church or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. saying like, all right, how many of you think that this is sinful? Yeah. And then, okay, number two, how many of you think this is sinful? And like, we constantly like, yeah, well, even though we'll none we'll of these change, are... We'll change roles, yeah. Yeah, so in yeah. this, you know, when it comes to like this, this, and this, I like, I'm... I'm probably going to be the weaker brother, but I'm going to yeah. realize that I'm stronger in this, this, and this. Mm. And yeah, I think so. I think so. I know experientially, so, I, I, uh, I feel that. Yeah. Like, like yep. the recognition, the whatever. Yep. And I think that's what makes some of like, like where you, it, it's hard to pin people down because you look at like, I mean, I don't know, like for like me, like my parents were, like my parents are an example, like 
like music and alcohol has always been a really big deal for my parents because they like, I mean, they grew up in the seventies, like they were around the whole rock and roll, like druggy culture. Like that's kind of what they grew up around. So like they have a lot of past with that. So like that stuff is like a really, really big deal. But then like, you know, like wearing a skirt to church, like they do it cause it's the church, but like that was like, like that's not like a sinful thing or, or but that's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. So for them, it's like, you know, anything that like any music that has like a beat <laughs> is like oh like it's a really big deal and to me i'm just like I, I i have no like like what and then but then for them it's like well you know like translation issues or you know piercings or this or that or clothing it's like eh, you know this, we just kind of do this because it's what the church does and kind of whatever so so i think a lot of it is gonna but then i know other people who it's like you know clothing for whatever reason or like you know piercings because of whatever but for them it's like but music is like not a big deal and you're like how do, how can how can you be like you it's know it's not this like linear no graph. yeah because you meet people who are like they wear ankle length skirts but then they list they like go to a rock concert and you're like what <laughs> what about because <What>? <laughs> i i'll i can be honest like i've caught myself in this camp and I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing, but I'm just kind of curious thoughts on it, like yeah, throw it how your preference corporately can be different from your preference personally. Mm. Nah, suss that out. I'm not sure what you're getting at. Uh, There's a good example, like corporate uh, worship versus like yes. what you listen in the car. Yeah, that, that could be a good one. Because um, I've not ran into a ton, but I ran into some that would say, um, you know, corporate worship and personal worship should be identical. No hill song in the church, but you know, like you're good on the yeah, side. and that it's like if you want to call it hypocritical or having a double standard to be comfortable in one preference outside of and not because you assemble with other believers that would be uncomfortable with you, like not out of right. deferent, deferent, de- right, right. De- yep. yeah, not out of that, <laughs> but just because like corporately we do this, but on my own I do this. Any thoughts? What was Wait. the question then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what was the question. What was the statement? Is it is it wrong to have differing, like even within your own preference spectrum? Like, I have a I have a preference can, for corporate. Can, I think insert yeah. issue here. Yeah, I think it's easier if we just go with music. Like, sure. Even though it, I feel like it could be applied to different topics, but I feel like if we broaden it out that far, it's going to be really hard. Okay, I think I, I'm. Maybe I'm grasping it now. Like, so I will not eat Starbucks, or I will not take Starbucks because they donate money to Planned Parenthood, something like that. Is that what you're saying? Or yeah. like, I don't or know like, if that's where you were going. No, no. Okay, sorry. There might be something. I'm trying to think that works. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> there's, there's probably room for that. I mean, yeah, I know, I know some people who kind of do yeah. that. Like, they won't purchase yeah. something because yeah. of certain mm-hmm. beliefs. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, you could take an issue like music and fall on one side of the spectrum corporately in the church and then be on the other side of the spectrum outside of corporate worship on your own personal so uh, saying, like, time. In corporate uh, worship, corporate. we can only have a piano, <laughs> no drums, no hand raising, but right. on my own, I'll listen to Christian rock. Is right. that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, and I've ran into some, not a lot, but some that would say that those two should be synonymous, like what you where you sure. stand corporately is where you should stand personally. I don't know if there's anything to add to that. Maybe there's not. Yeah. I don't think it works. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? 
maybe kind of some wisdom to apply in that or what that looks like? There was a point to bringing that up and I don't know why. I feel like this chapter lends it's itself like, so well to just like, it's so personal, great. like not you, and also like, I feel like I'm the same thing. Exactly. Like, okay, great. I have a rabbit trail question. It was, <laughs> tied, like, it was tied to whatever so was before, true. but I don't know what was before. That was five, this happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should come back to Brian's thing too, because that's another popular thing. Is sure. Oh, yeah. Forsaking, supporting. And it's know. not because I used to struggle with this before I was a believer, but it's just because like, I see these principles in scripture, I choose to apply them to say yes or no to this thing. Mm -hmm. And then what are my expectations of my brothers and sisters in Christ for what they do or don't do in that sort of a situation? Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we focus on the personal versus like, mm -hmm. you know, like, is that hypocritical? Is that wrong? Should that be? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess I would ask why. Like, why do you think this, and why do you think that? I mean, I don't know, I feel like it, I mean, it just kind of boils down to heart issue, and I think kind of like what we've been talking about is, like, that there is this diversity in the church of where people's convictions are, and Paul's point isn't so much that one stance is better than another, but that no matter what your stance is, where is your heart at? Like, mm -hmm. is your heart in doing it to honor the Lord, or is your heart you know, in a different mm -hmm. spot. And I feel like, I mean, it's just like thinking through all these things, it really does make you have a heart check. Like, you know, are you despising this person because you think you're better, this or that, or are you just seeking to honor God? And so like with that, it comes to the same thing, you know, like why are you doing it different in different places? And where is your heart? Is your heart seeking to honor God? And you just feel like you can honor the Lord better in a corporate setting because of like, if you're talking about worship, because, you know, you just feel like it, causes less distractions as a community and you're better able to corporately worship the Lord this way mm -hmm. than you would in another way and on your own you just feel like you're better able to worship and honor God mm -hmm. in that um but I mean I guess I don't because I mean I don't know I guess when you look at scripture like you don't in the New Testament God isn't so much about like do x y z but he's about he wants our hearts mm -hmm. and so just exactly. having that heart check of why am I doing this and am I honoring God and what I'm doing or am I doing it out of like a self-seeking yeah like, this feels good exactly and then when you bring that back to like the corporate thing of you know does this help or whatever like bringing that thing and like Paul's talking about things you think are sinful versus not sinful like that's one conversation which is what Paul is explicitly dealing with but then you get into like all right well what's going to be maybe like good better and best mm -hmm. and so like like I think you can have that conversation of like what type of in, you know singing and instrumentation is going to be most helpful or beneficial like that's one conversation versus a drum or a guitar is explicitly sinful like those are two very different issues because like I have like me and Pastor Brown like differ on what's the the most beneficial you know music approach but we both acknowledge that neither one is sinful or unsinful. We just have, as far as you're like, what's best, eh, we disagree. But neither of them are sinful. Mm. Well, my thoughts on the personal versus corporate thing is, um, I mean, really, like, who knows your heart the, the most? It's, it's God and yourself. Mm -hmm. And you, it's 
you don't know the rest of the church body's hearts as much as you know yourself and mm -hmm. so you might whether this is right or wrong like you might have more confidence in in where you where your heart is on a certain mm -hmm. issue than you do in other people which is natural because you don't yeah. fully know somebody exactly. else's heart mm -hmm. so you might say that okay i would believe that the church should should do this because it's more of a, a standardized you know like mm -hmm. you know i'm not comfortable that everybody's quite where i am you know and that's a really selfish thought to have but it's also mm -hmm. a natural and real thought too like mm -hmm. you know your heart more than you know somebody else in the church's heart yep and so like why not believe that you know kind of like do as I say not as I do but I have more confidence in myself because I know myself and I know that I have a relationship with God mm -hmm. it's between me and God yep um so I don't know that and that's not I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing um but I just think that's a reality yeah. yep. like well, you and want what's best for everybody by saying mm -hmm. the church should do this and it's sort of a selfish reason because like I might practice something else, but because I have more confidence in myself and I know my heart, but I don't mm -hmm. know everybody else's heart, so I don't trust their heart, which is a really bad thing to say, but it's also in out of love for the body as a whole. Yeah. You could argue, and I'm not saying, again, yeah. Yeah. kind of going all over the place. But. Yep. No, I get that. And that's verse 5, like the end of verse 5, let each one be fully convinced in his own minds. Like there is an aspect of, like if scripture is not clear, like you can't be like, well, you know, like stealing is wrong well you're just a weaker brother because <laughs> like i'm comfortable stealing it's like well hold on what the, but what's been helpful for me in this though has been recognizing that there's a distinction recognizing that in both cases it's preference mm -hmm. and then being able to understand well it's still work in progress even in my mind um most days but recognizing what has fueled and created those preferences mm -hmm. like yeah. when it comes to corporate worship I've only been exposed really to one style of corporate worship predominantly for the majority of my life so I recognize that that comfortability is sort of grounded in tradition mm -hmm. which is still preferential yep so. and keeping that this in like I think we're we can be so sloppy in our words mm. of like preferences are not the same as what's sin and yeah. and not sin and I think like so often in these conversations, we want to lump it all into one category. So, and not listen to you, I'm just saying all of us. We do that, not just with our language, but I, I think we do. We actually think that. Yeah. Like, like yeah, just to natural. clarify, I don't think anyone's assuming this, but I've been to other churches where I've been uncomfortable with the style of worship, but mm -hmm. I've never concluded that is outright sin. Like, yep. I understand that that's a me thing. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. People with blue personalities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the color blue. Yeah, that's like yep. a red church. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Very direct. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. But even that, like, I, but I think, like, so take you take that example. Like, I think that's an example of us of us someone who's strong in faith. Because, like, Paul says, and this is again uh, verse fourteen. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. So again, Paul, Paul says like, it's like I'm with the strong. Like the strong are correct. Like theologically, like this is where ideally everyone's working to. Like nobody should just say this is who I am. I'm never changing. Like we want to continually be shaped by Scripture so that our minds and consciences are more aligned with Scripture. Uh, so you take that example. Like you can say like, ah, eh, I don't enjoy this, or I may not like this, 
but I realized that that type of, you know, a, a full band or whatever, like, that is clean in and of itself. And that's okay. It's interesting to note, like, going to the corporate versus per personal, that your corporate level will change. Like, a church can change. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Scott mentioned the standardized, church is kind of standardized. Mm -hmm. But you also have the body that changes and then the church can reflect those changes so it's mm -hmm. it's not always going to be like the church and you are lined up i totally get that but yeah. also it's important to note that the church can change if the body's over here because like aaron had mentioned they're aligning themselves with scripture and they're continuing to so if they see something that's not aligned and like the church's piety or whatever they can and however it's set up align more with the body so mm -hmm you uh, sort of get to that point where you're almost the same, but you gotta yep. be standardized because there's just so much diversity, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And then, and some of it, like, since we've been talking about corporate stuff, like, just that maturity has to come in of, are we having a sin versus non-sin conversation right now? Or are we having, like, a helpful, beneficial type conversation right now? And, mm -hmm. and like Megan said, I, I think a lot of us just do, like, we naturally think that preference and sin and what I like and what's wise are all the same thing and and they're just not <laughs> so when it's not the vehemency of that conversation goes down a few ticks yes right it should yeah it should and who are we to declare what is right and pure and holy and what is simple yeah well exactly yeah, yeah. and that's why unless you can like unless you can stand firmly on this and say right. like Thus saith the Lord. So, you know, you, that's what, you know, you have your, like, okay, well, do we have an evening service or do we can't, you know, like, get rid of, I mean, like, that's a huge, like, well, with a lot of churches with that. But again, like, you, you, that's a more of a preference. Like, how can we best shepherd our church? Is it through having an evening service or not having an evening service? Like, that's one conversation versus it's sinful if you don't attend three services a, <laughs> a week or whatever type thing. It's an issue. Yeah. It seems like I think a lot of my experience anyway with that sort of like corporate conversation thing too has a like returns a lot to the idea of the slippery slope. Like mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with the music stabbing this way, but kind of like what Scott was saying, like I I don't trust like like I, I wanna make sure that things stay only here, so therefore like I'm gonna build a fence around the fence around mm -hmm. the fence because like that's okay but six steps further isn't okay so whether that's music or evening service you know like mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep mm -hmm. and ooh, we shouldn't go there maybe do we it's already 846. Holy well, cow. We were, we were having a good time. Yeah, this time is just we were having we a good This is like one of the. <laughs> I feel like it's one of the fastest times. Wow. Are we even on like verse 8? Let's go. Let's go I don't think so. Do it's all right. <laughs> we, were, we were having a good discussion about um, like what the church is. Because I think sometimes that gets in there too of the whole like Sunday night and like the, there's, there seems to be an attachment of where like. The church is the building and the people gathered in the building and then therefore to remove like a Sunday night for instance or to not have a Wednesday night for instance is you know removing that opportunity of people gathering in the church building but 
when you propose doing that and yet still having the church gathering, they're just gathering outside of the building and they're still, you know what I mean? So maybe like a sincere but underdeveloped understanding. You could could declare no comment and move on. But this is some of the conversations we have in the car. I hear you, Garrett. I hear you. Yeah, but I mean, remembering that, like, it isn't our little organization, but that we're like a gathering and a family, like, walking towards Jesus together. And it's not our personal organization to organize how we want it is helpful. So then I want to be kind to the people who do think that church is the building and want Mm -hmm. to, you know, walk with them hand in hand and okay let's keep following Jesus together like um, mm-hmm. yeah so what sort of one through six <laughs> round up yeah round up but no I like this this is really really great and I I expected no less so um, we delivered alright yeah this... I have to go to bed anyway. okay well let's wrap it up there maybe 14 is gonna take three weeks not two <laughs> Although with this laid down, That's we should fine. be good for. Uh... Well, I feel like we kind of covered a lot of the content. Yeah, we, we yeah. like I felt like we went further than we like, than we intended to, uh, which yeah, is we fine. Just like unloaded. exactly, this is very much us like like skydiving over it all, kind of mm-hmm. taking it, and then hope, and then next week as we kind of pull out specific oh, things that Paul says. Oh yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Good we can all agree this is a lot clearer than like Romans ten. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that like we we know this passage a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Than right. we do other ones, so yeah. we already kind of have the shelf space, so we can just come and ask all our questions. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Like I, I, I'm glad that it was, it was helpful, kind of taking the text and applying that. So, 100%. okay, well, we'll we'll see how far we get next week, kind of walking through, and then uh, we'll go from there. So, all right, well, let's do. Are we gonna talk at all tonight about what's after Romans? Uh, yeah, we can we can touch that a little bit after we do some takeaways. So, so with that, let's pivot into some takeaways, shall we? Same order, Garrett. Sorry. Wow. Um, well, good thing I have one. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the um, the like probably forty five minutes ago about uh, the stumbling block was extremely helpful. Um, kind of like refocusing and defining what that actually is um, in terms of like just something that you don't like versus causing someone to actually fall into sin mm-hmm. was a helpful reminder for me. Yep. Thinking through this passage. Mm-hmm. Awesome, good. Jen, for you? Uh, I think really challenged that in any scenario where we might draw conclusions, contemporary conclusions from this text, um, like there is a two-way street of responsibility and Mm -hmm. regardless of which side of that spectrum I'm on, I am totally responsible for how I love the other person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Yeah. yeah. You can often view it like mm-hmm. everyone else, like only one person is responsible, but yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Casey? Um, yeah, there's, that's well put. Um, I, I don't even know if I have a takeaway. I'm, to be completely honest, 
like verse three is kind of my takeaway. I'm too much in the mindset where like I'll convince the person, you know, mm. get them over <laughs> my side, and it's like just with sound reason. In fact, me and a buddy were uh, talking about like this goes back to the college days. We talked about we would convince people that they're wrong and we're right. So, you know, coming from that mindset, fears removed. Just it's a wake up call, and so that's probably my takeaway. Okay, awesome. Nicole, for you. Um, I guess my takeaway would probably be just kind of defining the one who's weak in the faith just because like like I've always kind of grown up with the definition that we came up with but I never really knew like like other than people telling me that that's what it meant (laughs) so it's kind of good just to flush it out and just see like okay like if you follow if you follow his logic it's talking about you know that person um who has a belief that something is a sin versus somebody who doesn't believe it's a sin and kind of that contrast where if the one if the stronger person concedes they're not sinning by conceding mm-hmm. and like yeah. and so just mm-hmm. seeing that kind of how it fleshed out in there was just kind of good to solidify um that in my mind so yeah awesome good scott for you uh yeah there's a lot of good stuff i think one of the biggest things is your story about the professor or the uh well he was a professor who got talked to by a, a parent the pool table the pool table yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um I don't know. I'm just still like trying to comprehend or, or I guess like look up to just like the peace that he must have found with Mm -hmm. like himself and God and just not to like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say be comfortable in in the sin, but like be, be comfortable in that position Mm -hmm. surrounded by what to him is sin and, um, just like his attitude towards it and how much he really must just trust in what Christ did for him and just like a, a million other things. I just, yeah, totally. it's, it's something to look up to, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Great for you. Oh, that was a good conversation just to listen to. I didn't have a whole lot to say. I, I <laughs> yeah. really enjoy it. Sometimes you have those, you're just I, like, I'm just, just going to sit back and just like, I really enjoyed it. Just, <laughs> just get some popcorn. And, yeah. <laughs> just sit, yeah, yeah. Sit back and enjoy totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me was like being confident in that, like knowing that there's a right and a wrong. There's a difference between that and like there's different like levels of what's good, like mm-hmm. best, and what's mm-hmm. like you know good, and then maybe not as good. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And then getting further mm-hmm. deeper is like comes down to your heart. Like, are you doing it to glorify God or are you doing it to yeah. like glorify yourself? And um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, just making sure you're loving others as well yep. like in the whole process like mm-hmm. totally you don't want to yep. bring people down the wrong path mm-hmm. yep, yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah because even though your position may not be sinful you can still sin while holding a sinless position right yeah <laughs> yeah just, exactly yeah mm-hmm. important to keep in mind Yep. I didn't process that. This is why it's how to sit and think. Exactly. Good. Uh, Made for you. Um, I, I mean, I echo what everyone else said. Um, I think I think what stuck with me the most was similar to Jennifer, just in, in terms of, like, um, well, one, realizing how weak I am, even when I think I'm the stronger one, um, just because I'm you know, just because I abuse my freedom doesn't mean that I'm strong. Um, and then, and then, you know, going back to chapter 12, like, genuine love needs to be the priority, not 
not making sure that people know what freedom is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, For me, kind of like something like undergirding all of this is just the reminder of how gracious and patient I need to be in this because it can be that easy to just be like, all right, like I'm gonna just walk around with a sledgehammer and just wallop people, but remind myself that like, I don't even have all the answers and it's not like, it can be easy to boil stuff like this down to like, here's like a 10 step handout for handling all this. And it's not always gonna be as simple as that. So, so I was just kind of reminded of that, like, okay, like being patient and quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, talking things through, being gracious in conversation, hearing them out, talking graciously and patiently and, and just important to cover all of like when these conversations come up uh, or even in how I view that of like okay I need to be gracious and patient in the midst of of these type of issues or conversations mm-hmm. Brian for you um, firstly uh, start wearing a skirt to church <laughs> if you're convinced in your own mind uh, if you're convinced in your own mind <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stick around for one, one more week. Monday, I'll go. Secondly, I guess uh, just to you know make sure I stay you know humble just mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. interacting with other people and just knowing that I'm probably just as maybe not, I'm not want to say bad but. I just have my my own thoughts, and those are, you know, again, probably not any better than you know whatever you know position that person may be in. So just to you know to stay humble, and as long as the the glory is going to God, mm-hmm. I think you know we should just be happy in our differences. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. Well, guys, we have done what we always do. We explore deep. And we've explored wide in a few verses. <laughs> and we'll do it again next week. I'll close in prayer. Father, thanks for uh, Romans 14. And God, thanks for the wisdom and the teaching of your word. And God, we know that you do not want us to simply follow a step-by-step manual, but you want us to be prayerful and seek you and, uh, and be, be dependent on you and dependent on your Holy Spirit. So we ask that you would grow each of us, that we would... Above all, that we would clothe everything we do in love and that we would not despise and look down on our brothers and sisters. Help us, Father, that we would continue to grow and be stronger in our faith. God, may our our faith truly be aligned with what the Bible says and not what we think it says or not what just tradition says or culture says, but we want to be firmly standing on what the Bible says. So help us to do that. Uh, thank you for a great discussion. and. Uh, just, just man, time flying when we're having great conversations. So thank you for your blessing of your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.